0: Steps into it, passes, caught! Diggs, sideline, touchdown! to the unbelievable podcast. I am BJ Jardell back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today we start taking a look forward for your Minnesota Vikings standing at one and three. Uh, they have an opportunity to get a, a get a W here over a divisional opponent this week. Uh, remaining at home at, at US Bank Stadium, they will face off against the Detroit Lions, which is what every one and three team needs right now, to be honest <laughs> with you. Seriously. <laughs> so, uh, optimistic for sure. This is a You know, golden opportunity. um, And at the same time, kind of a double edged sword is uh, if you fail here, things really get. It is time
1: to throw in the towel. Absolutely. If if you lose to Detroit at home, (laughs) it is time.
0: So we are going to go over uh, Detroit and kind of how the Vikings will match up here. Um, the expectation, of course, that your Vikings are going to win this game. I think it'll, you know, we'll be pretty consistent throughout that. You know, that's our expectation as well That's Vegas's expectation as well too. Um, so we'll kind of go through the key playmakers for this team and make sure that that does in fact happen. Um, and the Vikings don't break our hearts for what the fourth time this season. Um, and then we'll do our picks like we typically would. So that is the game plan for the today's show. Um, we always start with the quarterback. So for Detroit, that is Jared Goff. Um, that's new. Right. Of course, we've kind of gotten lulled to sleep with the idea that Matthew Stafford is going to be the guy dropping back for Detroit for what the last is it nine years? Was it Matthew Stafford? Um, And now you get a new guy and um, a good quarterback, good quarterback. I think that's really that's a really good way to simplify what Jared Goff is. No, you don't even want to say good.
1: Uh, He's fine. That's what I'm going to use. I'm going to use fine.
0: I mean, okay, so you've got this guy, right, of course. Goff is a former uh, Super Bowl appearance maker uh, with the the Los Angeles Rams, of course. The Rams then decided to trade uh, for Matthew Stafford. He was included in that package, and that's how he arrives in Detroit. Oh, yeah, there was two first-round picks involved in that deal as well. So you can kind of see the difference in terms of quality that – in what. Detroit and L.A. think of Jared Goff between those two quarterbacks. And I think that the performance to date for Goff um, kind of reinforces that notion that he's really without the right pieces around him. Um, this isn't a guy that's going to take you super far.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, the, you he got off to a really rapid start in his career. I mean, he had the rookie year with Jeff Fisher, which was doesn't really count. But then he had Sean McVay come in and they I mean that offense took off. Uh, 2017 2018 got the big contract extension and then as teams sort of to kind of figure out McVay a little bit and basically they forced Goff to to make more plays versus kind of the the scheme of McVay doing the work and suddenly the wheel started to come off for for Goff there just a little bit and it just it's he's not the guy um, that will carry a team to a win in my opinion Uh, and so I think, you know, the Detroit Lions took a major step down in that trade to get rid of Stafford and to acquire Goff. Obviously, it was a little bit of a build for the future there where, um, you know, they are kind of given uh, their guy who had been there for 11 years, Stafford, kind of a better opportunity to go win the Super Bowl. And they're also kind of re kind of restarting, as you could say, uh, in Detroit with Goff. And, you know, he hasn't been terrible. I mean, I, I think he's a starting quality uh, quarterback, I just don't. I just don't put him in that you know upper half of the league in that category. And so, I mean, if there's a if there is a contract that's kind of rivaling Kirk's for for a bad quarterback contract, it's probably Jared Goff right now. Um, I mean, I don't know, he's he's fine. He's what six <laughs> yards per attempt. uh He'll you know he'll he'll make the the throw. Like he can make the throws. It's just about. Uh, putting the team on your back to win a game. I think he has even less of that ability than Kirk Cousins does. Um, and I think that might say a little bit of something. So I got no issue with Goff. And uh, the Vikings have been pretty hit or miss on him in terms of playing against him over the years. I think they had the dominant performance at U.S. Bank Stadium in 2017. Then 2018, they went back to L.A. Um, and Rick Vay just bolt raced them. I think they put up like 500 yards of offense mm-hmm. um, in that game. And Goff was awesome. So oh, I
0: remember that. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a hit or miss, but I have no worries about him doesn't scare me. Um, And just really this Lions offense doesn't scare me much at all. Um, I, I have no really I mean, there's some playmakers, but there's nothing to really worry about for me.
0: Yeah, this team is in full rebuild, right? Um, the trade for Jared Goff, make no mistake. Of course, they they care more about the first-round picks that they're getting in return there and rebuilding this franchise, potentially with a new quarterback as soon as next year. Um, this could very well be the team that gets the number one overall pick. Let's. I mean, they're 0-4. I, I know that they have been competitive um, To a degree, with several teams. But, you know, the Vikings are one and three, and we shit all over the Vikings. I'm going to do the same thing with the Detroit Lions. They're 0 and four, and they're a step worse than the Vikings, to be honest with you. And they lost in, honestly, an even more horrific way with that 66 yard field goal yeah. that's never happened before. So, honestly, they're just kind of a worse version of where Minnesota is. And I think that they're trending down, whereas Minnesota, with the win here, has a potential to trend up. Now, The thing about Detroit is when we do these preview shows, right, especially with Detroit, Green Bay, and Chicago, we have to do it twice a year. It gets real old. This is a brand-new Detroit team, right? Like It's not just Matthew Stafford's gone. You've also got Dan Campbell at at the head coaching spot. Interesting man. I mean, wildly entertaining. I I don't know (laughs) if he's – you know, the right guy for hey, the job long term. It does
1: term, seem but- like he's got the players playing hard. I mean, that's oh, definitely that. That's the classic cliche for a team that's record isn't any good. It's like, all oh, the guys are playing hard. They're just not getting it done. But I think they are. I mean, they they took it down to the wire against the Ravens. And, uh, you know, it took a 66-yard field goal to win that right. game. They they were, you know, competitive, if not playing better than the Packers for a half. Yep. Uh, and then that Niners game week one, they were down – 25, I think, and brought it back to a one-score game in the final minutes. Mm-hmm. So they're not to be dismissed. Um, it's just the talent on the roster is just not up to par with basically every opponent they have week to week. That's
0: the big thing, is that I think that this team has the ability to develop and grow. There are some nice pieces here, but if you look at this roster basically across the board, focusing on the offensive side right now, basically everyone in this lineup, with the exception of Jared Goff, has little to no. NFL experience and including Jared Goff, basically everyone on this offensive roster is fighting for their NFL life. While yes, players like Deandre Swift and players like TJ Hawkinson probably have a longer leash in that regard. um, Every single one of these guys is either a failed pick or to a degree, a bust in Hawkinson um, in terms of his overall performance that's being drafted in top 10 or a guy like Deandre Swift, who feels slighted by being drafted lower than maybe he should have gone um, and then you look at guys like Frank Ragnow, who was a really nice mid round pick and may have the most job stability on this entire team. Honestly, this team is in full rebuild. You beat teams like this if you're a quality football team. Um, Jared Goff is a he's a good I'm, I'm gonna go back to this. He's a good quarterback, but he's the he's literally by definition, if you look up game manager in the NFL definition book, this is what the picture of Jared Goff is there. He doesn't do anything more for you than throw accurate short. Ish passes, maybe take a deep shot, give you some good pay, play action fakes, like, very fundamentally yeah. sound. But he's not going to ever put like Drew said, Never going to put your team on your back. This is not Russell Wilson. This is not Kyler Murray. This is not Aaron Rodgers. This is a guy that needs true pieces around him. Uh, uh, you know, a solid running game that's going to flank him and give him the ability to threaten in that regard. And then receivers that can go up and make a play on some balls that. Let's be real here. This guy does not have the arm strength that Matthew Stafford once did. He's not going to throw these rockets in there into tight windows. He needs his guys to make plays for him. And while I think that Quintus Cephas has made a couple of nice plays and Kalief Raymond has been on Center probably more than I ever expected Kalief Raymond to be, uh, these guys are not household names by any means, and they don't have the – talent, you know, relative to mm-hmm. athleticism scores that you'd think of when you're thinking of a world beater and they don't have the size relative to NFL players that you think of as a world beater. So unless something's changed in the last four weeks that I missed, um, this is a pretty depleted roster that's building for 2024-ish as opposed right. to con- competing for real right now.
1: And if there is a quarterback out there that will um, perform and uh, to the level of your offensive scheme more than Jared Goff. I don't know who that would be. Um, Kirk Cousins yeah. is one of those guys. That's like, if you have a good offensive scheme, like you're able to scheme guys open. Well, you're able to scheme the protection. Well, your offense will perform well under Kirk cousins. Um, I think that's true for Jared Goff. So was with McVay, uh, you know, they were the dominant offense and he, I don't want to say he didn't contribute to it, but it was like he executed it really well. Like he did, uh, you know, kind of, it was like verbatim. What, McVay would have wanted him to do. Right. I mean, went through his reads, you know, read by read, didn't instinctually go off, off script to make a play or hurt the team. It was just on script no matter what. And so the same thing applies for Kirk cousins. And I think Jared Goff is like that in Detroit. And that's why you're seeing him dip a little bit um, performance wise. He just doesn't have that, um, that McVay kind of uh, prowess helping him out anymore. And so I, again, the Detroit office doesn't scare me. It's yeah. You you have some names that you can kind of barely recognize. I was telling BJ before we started recording, like there's only a handful of names here that I recognize on this depth (laughs) chart here. So it's like, I mean, TJ Hawkinson was, he was a stud tight end. You've got like Quintez Cephas. I remember watching big 10 football, like Wisconsin, he put up some touchdowns on the Gophers, like, but other than that, it's, it's not a bunch of guys. You remember Marvin Jones is gone. Don't have to worry about him torching the Vikings for four touchdowns, anything like that. So I, uh, I have very little fear uh, of the Viking or of the Lions offense, which, you know, maybe I get burned for that, but uh, I I'm taking, I'll, I'm safely, I think going to take that risk and and say that the Lions aren't anything to be afraid of.
0: Yeah. You know, First and foremost, apologies if you hear my dog barking or not my dog, my dad's dog. I'm still watching this creature, so it may bark again. I don't know. I can't stop it. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, But back to the offense here. Um, If there is anything that there is to say about this team in terms of something that they have overwhelmingly more so of than other teams, right? Um, It's definitely personality. I mean, Jared Goff, for what it's worth, I know he's not necessarily – it's not the most fun thing to talk negatively about Jared Goff because of who Jared Goff is as a person, first and foremost. And then you've got Jamal Williams in the back in the backfield, who might be the most entertaining human being I've ever seen in my entire life. Did his
1: interviews that go on like the, the Twitter oh my and God. stuff. He's, He's the best.
0: hilarious. His, his you know, whether it's his metaphors, just the cadence that he speaks in the stuff that he talks about the self-awareness that he has, all of these things. Like, this dude should be an actor. He, he, I mean, he's a great football player. A very good football player, I should say. But honestly, like, this guy is so much fun. So, like, if you're trying to build a culture, which is honestly first year as being a head coach, it'd be nice to win some games. But, like, you're trying to build something for the future. I think that Dan Campbell is laying good pieces down. And then he's also got guys to work with him to do the things that he doesn't do super well. Anthony Lynn being his offensive coordinator. I think that's a great pick to have someone to scheme up next to you and work with you and do things offensively that let's be real here. I don't think Dan Campbell has them, you know, the, the NFL mind or savvy for, but he's surrounded by a good, you know, good pieces in terms of character. Now you need to, you know, have an influx of talent. And that's what the Matthew Stafford trade does for you. You know, there are opportunities here for this team to improve. And yeah, I think they're a little bit further along defensively, but offensively speaking, I'm, I'm, I think that there's nothing to be afraid of. But I'm not overlooking this team altogether. Like I think that'd just be outright stupid, especially as a one and three football team. Well, There's yeah. W-
1: if you're one and three, you can't overlook anybody. I mean, you don't right. deserve that. You're right there you're with them,
0: right? Like right. they We go back to the, the you are what your record says you are, and the Vikings are one win better than Detroit, which is not. That's not much, and yeah, you know, this is. I a mean, very it's a long like
1: game. long story short. This Vikings defense for it, uh, you know, maybe the holes that are there. Talked about, you know, how cornerback we've got. Uh, there, there are some injuries there. Um, you know, Anthony Barr may or may not be back this week, you know, things like that. But regardless, this Vikings defense at home in front of the home crowd should be able to handle yep. this Lions offense pretty well. I, I, mean, so. st- I mean, straight up, right? I mean, they, they basically the last six quarters have been dominant. If you think about it, the Seahawks second half, no points allowed. Um, uh, only one touchdown allowed against the Browns, which both those offenses are pretty good. And I would say significantly better or more concerning than Detroit's offense. So you think that this team uh, should be able to handle that. And again, historically Vikings have been dominant against the lions. Um, they've been, you know, Zimmer has taken advantage of quarterbacks that aren't super mobile, uh, like Goff. So I, uh, I have confidence in this, in this Vikings defense to establish that presence, that dominating presence early on and, and keep it going.
0: Absolutely. And, and really this just is going to come down to pressure. I think And Deniel Hunter's getting that at a crazy rate right now. Uh, you know, if you can get pressure on D- Jared golf, which you should be able to in theory, right? Like you look line to line matchup to matchup individual to individual coach against coach. Basically um, I take the Vikings across the board. And I think yeah. they should be able to get pressure here. Now the concern that I do have, and I want this stated because I don't think we've said his name enough is that Deandre Swift is dangerous with the football in his hand and the Vikings suck. Against stopping the run, Jamal Williams is nice. He's gonna he's gonna be the guy that the physicality el- element that if you know if you listen to Brandon Staley's interview earlier this week, he's that guy that's gonna kind of wear down a defense. DeAndre Swift is the one who hurts you, right? He's gonna catch the ball out of the backfield if you're not you know if you don't have a guy on him. If Anthony Barr isn't back, you know if then you have to use Eric Hendricks in that regard. DeAndre Swift is the one guy here where if you let him loose, um, he can really beat you. Like I don't think he's removed in terms of talent from being a 150 to 200 yard rusher in a game type of guy. So he makes me nervous and you know, Dan Campbell will feed him the rock if he gets going. So that's the one piece here. Jared Goff is not, I'm not afraid of him, but if you get Deandre Swift for 20 carries at five and a half yards per, this might be a lot closer Mm -hmm. than it needs to be. That's all I want to say on that front. And let's flip over to the defensive side here uh, before we get to our picks. So Defensively, Detroit has more household names, right? Like they have if they were playing on ESPN, there's more guys here to do a one-on-one interview on or some sort of you know story behind because there simply are just the guys that have been in the league longer. You got guys like Michael Brockers, for example, Trey Flowers, who of course came over from New England, and that was part of the Dan Quinn phase, or not Dan Quinn, um. I can't even remember, Bob Quinn, sorry, the the former executive. And then you've got a couple of other guys on here that aren't even going to be playing that probably have more press than the rest of the team, namely Jeff Okuda. So you've got a depleted secondary. You've got a, I don't even know what to call Trey Flowers anymore. I mean, a solid pass rusher, a a guy that has not lived up to the expectation since coming over for sure. And then maybe a good field general in Alex Anzalone. But other than that, man, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, more household names more That's guys that i've seen but like not That's super a, familiar mean, with them being e- exactly excellent nfl players
1: no and, and i mean i'm just you know defensively they are according to net yards per attempt the 31 ranked pass defense yeah. they are 20th against the run in terms of yards per attempt yep. i mean they're it's not good it's just not um so again another chance for this this Vikings offense to kind of rebound here and I I I think they will that seems to be the Kirk Cousins thing right where um you know an ugly game you kind of you're like oh god here's Kirk Cousins he's back and then suddenly he fires off a dominant performance the next week and and you're kind of back on the Kirk Cousins train if you're one of those flip-floppers out there um like I am so it's it's again I, I I don't even like like I said this same thing applies to the defense. There's not a lot of guys here I know a ton about. It's just that's just to, to be completely honest, which I think should be. I'm trying to say this in a way that it's a reflection of where they're at. Uh, just a rebuilding team. There's not a lot there. Um, they play hard for their coach. Good for them, but that it shouldn't result in a win against this Vikings team. And if it does, then we we, have, we start I me mean, this entire show. This the perspective of the show changes quite a bit. Where we're we're talking about NFL draft and things like that.
0: Absolutely. And, and that's just the truth of this kind of the situation here. Like this, this Vikings team, offensively speaking, it's supposed to be your strength, right? Like you got to take advantage of this defense, especially the secondary. I mean, the two cornerbacks, if 30% of our offense recognizes both of the, excuse me, 30% of our audience recognizes both of these names at cornerback for Detroit, I would be shocked. The starting cornerbacks are Amani or Ruwarie, Sorry if I butchered that. And Jerry Jacobs. If you recognize both of those names, you are in the lesser group for sure. Because these are not – that's their secondary right now. And then fill it out with Will Harris, who's a nice veteran, and Tracy Walker, who I'm sure some of you have heard before as well. But basically what I'm saying here is without Jeff Okuda, without some of these other guys that have been injured on this team – there's no playmakers on this defensive roster. There's just names. There's guys that you recognize from doing something before. I don't really know if Trey Flowers even falls into that playmaking category anymore. He just simply isn't the same guy since he left Bill Belichick. Right. Uh, so you know, you look at the rest of this t- unit, and all I see is I see. I mean, I see Dalvin Cook getting his way, and I see Dal- and I see Kirk Cousins kind of taking l- the you know, death by a million cuts approach. You can just throw all day, 10 yards, 12 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, six yards, whatever. The, se- the secondary isn't going to stop arguably the best route running trio of receivers that you're going to find in the NFL in Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne. I just don't know how this group can stop. Them. If Kirk is accurate and Kirk is on, I don't think that this defense has a chance. I really, I mean, this think. can,
1: this can hinge. We've seen this before. I, I look back to the, uh, 2018 game against the bills where it was the same type of thing. The Vikings were like humongous favorites in that game. Yeah. But you know, uh, who was Jerry Hughes. That was his name. Right. Yeah. Who just wrecked Riley reef that game. And I think forced like two or three fumbles on his own. All of them were in Vikings territory. That's like, really the only way I see this game kind of uh, falling, you know, I mean, where Detroit can get the advantage, is if they can create enough turnovers like that, where Kirk fumbles the ball when the offensive line crumbles and the Lions can take advantage of them in Vikings territory. Otherwise, I mean, this should be a mismatch um, and maybe we're being too disrespectful to the Lions, but I really don't think so. Um, that's just I mean, again, there's not to me, not a lot to be fearful of here.
0: And they don't have like the guy with history either. Like there isn't a Marvin Jones for me to to make fun of and then have yeah, there him go used off to be. for two hundred yards. He's gone. He's in Jacksonville now. You know there isn't like other than DeAndre Swift. Again, I don't see one on defense other than DeAndre Swift. Basically, I don't see the, I don't see a guy that has the potential to beat the Vikings by themselves, given a couple of you know weird bounces or whatever. The Vikings are probably putting up thirty points in this game. I would you know. I'm looking at this being, in theory, if all goes the way it should, which I should say right away that, you know, it never really does in Minnesota. The Vikings should win this game by 10, yeah. 14. And it,
1: I, I'm certainly blinded by the fact that the Vikings just trounce the Lions every single year, even though it's completely different personnel. But, like, every year at U.S. Bank Stadium, it's it's usually not even close. And so that's kind of what – I mean, it, it's the Lions. It's Detroit. They're still the Lions that's kind of my mindset here. That might be unfair, but that's just what it is. And so to get into the picture a little bit, I mean, obviously I'm picking Minnesota to win this game, get the two and three and it shouldn't, but all of a sudden this tone will be a little bit more optimistic, even though being Detroit really doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going with the Vikings as well. Like I just said, I think the Vikings are going to win this one by two scores. You know, I think the Vikings offense is going to get over 31 points. And I could see, you know, I think the Vikings defense could easily hold this team to 17 points, something in that area. You know, there will be garbage time points, and they've definitely proven that they can do that. Um, They did that against Chicago earlier this year. Uh, So, you know, I think the Vikings have a very good opportunity here. And if they blow it, then, you know, you're, you're basically aboard a sinking ship at that point. Like that's you can't blow this one, right? Like last week was important from kind of a morale standpoint. This is like, this is true. I said on the last episode, this is break point. Like you fall apart completely culture wise. Um, the voice in the locker room, um, you know, is this direct, is this the right direction? Uh, people start asking more questions about Kirk cousins. I mean, everything goes off the rails. If you lose to Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, and the 2021 Detroit lions. So Is it wrong for us to be overtly confident here? I think from a historical standpoint as a fan, that would make me nervous. Just any time I feel overly confident, the Vikings seem to find a way to screw it up. But outside of that, right? Like if I'm looking at just the analytics, if I'm looking at just on paper, the Vikings overmatched this team across the board. And if it wasn't a divisional matchup, I, I wouldn't even be any more concerned and because this team is so new, because Dan Campbell hasn't played the Vikings before, because Anthony Lynn has not covered called plays against the Vikings with his defensive unit in Detroit or his offensive unit in Detroit, I, I I don't think he has any. There's any advantage to this being a divisional game. Like they haven't seen them before, so I think the Vikings are going to come full force. Anthony Barr is supposed to be back. You know, you're you're getting in theory a little bit healthier. Like I said before, Hunter is on fire. Dalvin cook is resting. And I think that he's just kind of waiting to break loose. And I think Kirk Cousins is more than enough to win this football game. So ultimately, yeah, the Vikings win this one. And if they don't, my goodness, the next show, you're going to want to listen to that one. Cause it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be fun. Uh, last thing I wanted to note about Detroit before we get into the rest of our picks here was that uh, I just noticed that Jay Sean Cornell who went to Ohio state. And if you remember, he went to high school in Minnesota, at my high school at Creighton Durham hall he's on Detroit's roster. So didn't know that about him. Didn't know that about Detroit. Good for him. That's uh, your one connection to Minnesota here that Detroit has now with Zach center. Um, now out of the league. Uh, okay. Let's get into the rest of our picks here. So both of us are riding with Minnesota as expected. <clears throat> Excuse me. That leads us into the Los Angeles Rams and Seattle Seahawks who are playing on Thursday night football here. Uh, Seattle coming off of a much needed victory over San Francisco, LA on the other side, both of us expected them to get a win last week. Arizona showed us that at least in theory, they, they are for real. And now the Rams need a bounce back week here. This is an important divisional matchup. Who gets it done?
1: I, I don't know. I'm going to say the Rams, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I've never been less confident in a game right now, just because of what happened last week. I mean, you asked me this two weeks ago. I'm saying yeah, the Rams are winning this game, but Rams get shown up by Arizona. Seattle goes and soundly beats the Niners, and suddenly it's a little bit different. Um, I'm going to take the Rams, but that's kind of hesitant. Yeah,
0: I'm taking the Rams as well. Um, they need this one, right? Like I just said, like you just fall, you've just fell in theory, not just one game back, but two games back in the division because you lost to the division leader. Um, you absolutely need this division win here. And then you need to beat Arizona later on down the line if you're planning on getting, you know, the division and potentially a buy in the postseason and all the good stuff that comes with winning football games. So you need this one. I know that they are playing in Seattle. I don't know if that Seattle home field advantage is as strong as it used to be, especially with this defense being considerably weaker than it once was. Uh, But Russell Wilson can always make things happen. Um, And I like, you know, the offensive firepower in Los Angeles. I think this could be a real fun Thursday night game. And really, to the NFL's credit, most primetime games have been a lot of fun this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. Both of us, uh, both of us are riding with the Rams here. That moves us to the next one on the flip side here, like as much of as exciting as of a game as the Rams and Seahawks might be the Jets and Falcons, man. I mean, this is so, this is unwatchable unless you're a fan of Cordero Patterson or Zach Wilson, basically,
1: which I'm a fan of uh, both of those guys. <laughs> uh, they're fun. Uh, I'm going to take the Jets. Okay. Uh this seems like a Falcons game to lose. I think the Jets found something offensively, even though it was against Tennessee, but they found something a little bit offensively last week. And I, uh, I think they're going to keep it rolling. I think Corey Davis is going to be uh, a big contributor for them the rest of the season. So give me the Jets, give me the Jets. I think they have, and their defense isn't that bad actually, um, which I think could be a bit of a problem for this Falcons offense. That's been kind of like their skelter a little bit. It's kind of been kind of weird.
0: In in terms of being weird i mean how about not using calvin ridley to the maximum like well i don't know what or cal affect. Pitts,
1: like or cal
0: what are you doing like what that's arthur smith calling those plays i believe what, what are you doing arthur like uh, the, you, those are your two most important players and you've got a quarterback that can still sling it in matt ryan that's just ridiculous to me that all being said i'm taking atlanta this week because i'm going to ride the cordero patterson train i think this is i think it's fun um it's hilarious to see him have a breakout season as a running back at age 30 and then by the way he was catching jump balls in the end zone last week I don't don't even recognize the guy I hope they win I I hope for more success for him because I think it's hilarious so all right um Atlanta for me Jets for Drew Green Bay at Cincinnati Joe Burrow gets his I believe his first look uh, at Aaron Rodgers and co uh the Packers are you know, they're moving. Ever What do you know? Since that week one, whatever that was, yeah. they're moving. Um, Randall Cobb is back to himself. Devontae Adams hasn't even gotten started yet. And this team looks really good.
1: I'm going Green Bay. I, I will pick Green Bay against like every darn near every team in the league, Um, especially Cincinnati. Not that Cincinnati's bad. I think they're a lot better than last year and they're going to be competitive. But Packers are just a better team.
0: Yeah. Packers are more well-rounded. It is worth noting that Jair Alexander is expected to be out this week and potentially well into the future. It's also been noted, uh not as of this recording, that Jalen Smith was, you know, potentially in talks to become the, you know, then one of the next linebackers for Green Bay after being released by Dallas. Um, so some interesting storylines there, but ultimately the one storyline that matters is that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league as it stands today, mm-hmm. and he's gonna beat Joe Burrow on Sunday. That's my expectation. I'll go Green right. Bay as well. Um, Next one here is Denver and Pittsburgh. I mean, (laughs) both of these teams. See, I
1: wish I knew Teddy's status because I'm picking the Broncos if Teddy's playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the, if Drew blocks playing, I'm picking Pittsburgh. Um, I know Teddy's in concussion protocol right now. I don't think there's really a status on him or an expectation. I'm going to roll with Pittsburgh um, in the, just for the sake that they're home. Um, But. I I do think the Broncos win this game if Teddy's there. I do think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game, too. The Steelers' offense stinks, but I think they win this game with, like, 17 points max if Drew Locke's the quarterback for Denver.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Denver regardless of quarterback. I also hope that it is Teddy Bridgewater. I think that he's shown over the first month of the season why he was selected as the starter. Uh, The reason why I'm picking Denver solely is because (laughs) – Ben Roethlisberger can't do anything against anyone. How is he going to do it against a good defense? I don't know yeah. if he gets to ten points this week. So I'm firmly, I'm squarely on the Ben Roethlisberger should have retired train, and that yeah. I think gets reinforced this week. So I am probably should have Denver.
1: before last year, honestly. But then yeah. they, they that was the luckiest eleven zero team of all time last year.
0: Unreal, man, unreal. Uh, they have been sliding basically every ever since. Um, all right, Pitt for Drew, Denver for me. Next one is Miami and Tampa Bay. Bucks coming off of that uh, emotional victory, finally done with the whole New England saga, which was not it didn't really live up to expectations for Tom. At least, I mean, it was nice to see that come down to the wire and end on you know a Tom Brady game winning drive. But it would have been nice to see Antonio way, Brown stupid. catch a touchdown.
1: Belichick's stupid decision, kicked that field goal, fifty six yards that was on fourth and man. three. That was weird. It was dumb. Yeah. Uh, they get Miami this, this week. And- Bucks are winning this game.
0: Yeah. Miami looks really, really bad. I don't think there's much more to discuss. So, um, all right, Tampa Bay for both of us moving on to new Orleans and Washington. Okay. I don't know who either of these teams are. No, (laughs) No. (laughs) honestly.
1: The only thing I've, the only thing I've noticed is that the saints seem to suck when they're favorites. Yeah. And I believe as of right now, they are favored in this game. So I'm going with Washington. That is the only method to my madness here.
0: I was going to take Washington as well. Um, I don't have a reason. I don't. I just. I think I, I trust Taylor Heineken Saints, more than the James Saints. The Saints
1: win when they're underdogs, and then they get. They just. They look terrible when they're favored. Uh, so that's the only reason I'm. I'm picking the Washington football team here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the football team as well. Uh, I, I. But again, I don't know. This is a toss-up, and really, you know, to me, I'm not going to be shocked either way. But I just. I think my expectation, my line of thinking, is that. Jameis Winston is more likely to screw this game up than Taylor Heineke. Which, how crazy of a sentence is that? By the way, that's uh, kind of <laughs> that's kind of my thought here.
1: Yes and no, but Jameis has screwed up plenty of games before, so it's like he
0: screwed up a lot of stuff.
1: He's kind of a screw up. <laughs> I'm going to take
0: Heineke and Washington. Drew with will, will as well. That brings us to Jalen Hurts and Sam Darnold uh, matchup between Philadelphia and Carolina in. Carolina um, Panthers, of course, finally had their streak broken. Their unbeaten streak broken. Philadelphia has looked a lot better since playing Dallas. However, they still lost last week as well, and they're struggling. Um, who gets the W here? Is it five t- rushing touchdowns, Sam Darnold, or the guy that you expected to have five rushing touchdowns in Jalen Hurts?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I don't think the Eagles are any good. Um, I think that week one win was kind of like that Packers loss where it was like uh, sort of the, the fluke or the anomaly. Right. Uh, so I'll take, I'll take the, the Panthers here, even though I don't think the Panthers are that great. I think they're better than Philly.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers too. Again, I'm going to go back to that Brandon Staley quote that he had. If you haven't seen this, by the way, find it on Twitter. Brandon Staley talking about the effect that running the football has um, in NFL games. It's confirming a lot of things that a lot of us have always always thought. The reason I'm bringing it up again here is because Philadelphia refuses to run the football and it shows they don't do anything consistently on an offensive basis. And when you get to the third and fourth quarter, they can't wear anyone down. Carolina, on the other hand, they can do all of these things. And in theory, if Christian McCaffrey was here and he's not, they'd be doing that on a regular
1: basis. Uh, he did practice in full pads today.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so he might play. He might be in the equation as well then. I mean, DJ Moore, man, like no one runs the ball. He looks like Steve Smith, honestly. DJ Moore is just like a reincarnation of Steve Smith. Might even be better when it's all said and done. Uh, I'm taking Carolina. Uh, I think that they, you know, have a lot of fun here this weekend with Philadelphia pounding them into the ground. Um, next one here, I don't think we needed. Oh, I think last week we wouldn't want to have talk about this one, but this week, Tennessee and Jacksonville. Tennessee coming off of that loss to the Jets the Jets and Jacksonville playing about the best yeah. football that they have so far this year against Cincinnati is Tennessee going to come. Like what's wrong? What's going on here? I know. I no could, I can very, no
1: very much see this game. This could be the game, the breakthrough game, but I'm not picking the Jags with all the dysfunction right now. So um that's the only reason I'm picking the Titans confidently.
0: That's a really good point. They are the most dysfunctional team in the NFL right now. And you can't pick, I can't
1: Jets. tell if the lions or the Jags are the Timberwolves of the NFL. It's one of the two because the Timberwolves have had the dysfunction. Like for the longest time, the Timberwolves were like the lions where they were just bad and there wasn't right. like dysfunction per se. It was just bad. But then recently with the Rosas stuff and the Timberwolves, like suddenly yeah. it's maybe they're the Jags. So it's, I don't know. I
0: think they're, yeah, I think it's probably the Jags. Detroit just sucks. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Both of us are rolling with Tennessee here. Uh, that brings us to new England and Houston. Again, I don't think we would normally have a conversation when mention these two teams, but Houston just got spanked 40 to nothing by Buffalo and New England almost just beat Tampa Bay. So in theory, New England should route them, right?
1: Yes. Yes. That's what's happening in this game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going with it's, New England it's Davis. Well. Davis Mills had a QBR, the ESPN QBR of like 0. 0.9 or something last week out of that, on that zero to, on that zero to hundred scale. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that, that's all I need to know. And I was playing Bill Belichick this week.
0: Yeah, good luck. I'm taking New England as well. All right, Chicago and Las Vegas. The quarterback of the Bears officially is Justin Fields. He is their starter, according to Matt Nagy, as if we didn't already know that. Um, he faces off on the road in the Death Star here against Derek Carr and Co., who are coming off of a pretty resounding loss uh, to the to the Chargers on Monday f- not Night Football. That a was my days
1: ago. Uh, underdog money line pick last week not so good.
0: Yeah. It didn't turn out super well. My one with Detroit also not super well. Um, Chicago looked better. Vegas looked worse. I still think Vegas is probably the better team here. Is you on that same page?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm taking, I'm taking Vegas. I'm not, I'm not quitting on Derek Carr. Not yet. Anyway, uh, I will though probably soon because they have this thing, the Raiders do where they get really hot in September and then they cool off pretty good in October. Um, I just don't trust Nagy right now with the Bears. They're, it's Matt Nagy's not uh, a force to be reckoned with right now. So,
0: Absolutely. I don't think he – you know, he had that great first year coaching, and we all bought into Matt Nagy, and after that, he's basically yeah, done everything right. wrong. So I think that, kind of going back to what we were talking about with teams, the first year with Matt Nagy, kind of an anomaly. And the guy that's going to break loose, Justin Fields, is probably not going to be him. Just a little secret. Right. Uh, I'm going to take Vegas as well. They're the safer pick here. I think Gruden's done a really good job, honestly. Uh, And I think Vegas is better than they were. This, By the way,
1: when they show Gruden on the sideline, his face is always makes me laugh. The face (laughs) that they show him with, it's always like a weird, like glare, but like a smirk at the same time. I don't really know how to describe it, it, but it's always funny. Yeah.
0: He loves it so much. He's so happy. I honestly, (laughs) I hope he returns to the booth because he's, there's such a presence. Um, Yeah. All right. I tell you what,
1: man. (laughs)
0: Vegas for both of us. All right, Cleveland and the Chargers. This is a fun one. Um, Cleveland, of course, coming off of the not most convincing defeat or win ever um, against the Vikings last week in which Baker Mayfield threw for under 50% completion and basically tr- almost threw away the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to the Chargers, who Justin Herbert looks really, really good right now. And people are talking about him in the same sentences and same breaths as Patrick Mahomes, calling him an MVP candidate, the savior for the Chargers. Um, he's got to get this one done. If all this is are, This right?
1: is a quarterback matchup, and I'm taking Chargers because of that. Um, Cause I think they're, I think these teams are pretty evenly, you know, even playing field across the board roster wise. I think there's a lot of good things on both sides. I think Herbert just makes more plays. And so I'm going to take the chargers.
0: Yeah. Herbert looking really good. And I didn't see that one coming. Like I knew he was a good quarterback at Oregon. I did not think that he was a great, I mean, everybody,
1: everybody kind of coined him as that prototypical, like tall white quarterback that gets drafted too early, but he can, he can sling the ball, man.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going with the chargers as well. Uh, Baker Mayfield just looked not good at all last week. And you're right. I mean, that's the difference here. they got one quarterback who's slinging it. Mm -hmm. One quarterback who is not slinging it. And (laughs) um, that's why we're both with the chargers here. So, all right. Rounding up here, we're down into the home stretch. Uh, New, the New York giants face off against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, That'll be a fun one in theory, just because it's a divisional matchup, but I think I know where we're leaning here.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to mix things up a little bit here. I'm going giants. Um, okay. And so I saw, I was made aware of a statistic. I, I wish I could remember the source, um, but Daniel Jones at home is he has a, he has fewer total touchdown passes than intercepted in his career. So it's like it's like 14 and touchdown passes, 16 interceptions, something like that uh, when he is at home on the road, it's 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, so he, he shows up for road games. Okay. Um, the giants are riding high after the big comeback against the saints. I feel like this could be a letdown trap game for the Cowboys. I'm going to go on a limb here and take the giants.
0: So I would say that this has the potential to be a trap game as well, but because it's a division matchup, I think the Cowboys going to be ready to go. So I'm going to take Dallas here. I, I know it's real dangerous pick. Right. Um,
1: but I'm, I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to catch it, catch, uh, you know, catch up on you here in the, in the leaderboard. Cause and I know you're kicking my butt.
0: Honestly, the division matchup though, is the place to do it. When you're going to take a flyer on like a money line pick, like we have like things, weird stuff has happened, weirder things have happened in yeah, division games and Dak Prescott, if he didn't look like the best quarterback in the NFL right now, arguably speaking, you know, Kyler Murray, of course, there's other guys. Uh, I would, I would be more open to it. But for this one, for me, Dallas, that means giants for drew, Next one here, San Francisco and Arizona. That is, this is the flip side now of what we were talking about earlier with Seattle and the Rams on Thursday night. On Sunday, you get the 49ers and Cardinals. Now, like I said before, Cardinals 4-0, only remaining unbeaten team. San Francisco coming off of a loss against Seattle. Uh, They're still very hurt. Uh, I think Trey Lance is going to start this football game, by the way. And he had his ups and downs. Uh, I I think his biggest highlight was really a no light because – anyone could have thrown that pass to Debo Samuel, but he's the future. He's here now. And does Kyler Murray get it done in another division game and another game that will put them in position to not just win this division, but potentially, you know, start aiming angling for a buy.
1: Another one. I'm going to kind of go uh, a little bit against the grain here. The NFC West is just weird because I'm taking the Niners. It's just weird. I don't, nobody knows what to think of any of these teams right now. So,
0: so I'm going to take Arizona. Um, <laughs> Because I think that they are the better team, but what makes the NFC West specifically pretty weird is that it's not necessarily that like there, I think there is a clear cut like top two teams in the Rams and the Cardinals, but all these teams beat up on each other because they are good at exposing the weakness of a different team. So while San Francisco might be the worst, the worst team in this division, they can absolutely pound Arizona with their physicality and their offensive scheme. We've seen it happen before. And then you've got the Rams on the other side who are going to scheme you to death offensively, but then maybe they get beat by, you know, Arizona, who
1: Tyler Murray making weird plays. I mean, it doesn't yeah. make
0: sense, right? Like there's just right. like there, this division has so many guys, dudes, dogs, that anything can really happen. So again, division matchups, you never know what's going to happen. I'm going to Arizona drew riding with San Francisco. And then we get to the matchup of the week. I believe this is Sunday night football. And that is the Buffalo bills, Josh Allen heading to Kansas city arrowhead to face off against Patrick Mahomes in a showdown of, you know, arguably in theory, the two MVP candidates at the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. um, for the NFL.
1: I'm taking the chiefs. Um, I know that's maybe the boring pick, but like the the Bills haven't really played anybody. I mean, in their wins, so they lost the Steelers. And I believe since then, they've only played backup quarterbacks. I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure they've only played guys who entered the year as backup quarterbacks. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right because it was Washington um, with Heineke, it was um, Houston with uh, Davis Mills, and it was Miami with Brissett. So that's, um, I mean, for them, they dominated those games uh, 100%. Um, not trying to take that away from them, but now they actually get a juggernaut. Um, and I think they it's a bit of a wake up call. So, Chiefs,
0: yeah, uh, I'm gonna be the take kind of the weird pick here. I'm gonna take Buffalo. Um, my reasoning being is that they are beating teams down right now. And if, and yes. if Kansas city has ever looked vulnerable before um, it's been within this last month, all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes is throwing interceptions. I know Andy Regis got his hundredth win with the franchise and he becomes the first guy to do it with two um, in Philadelphia as well. But that kind of overshadows some problems that are going on in Kansas city, specifically defensively. And I think Buffalo yeah, can the defense is
1: bad. Defense is bad. I will give you that.
0: So I'm going to take Buffalo here. I think this is going to be the best matchup of the weekend here. That'll that'll be a lot of fun on Sunday night. I will be tuning in for that one. Um, And that rounds us out with the Monday night game, which is the Indianapolis Colts facing off against the Baltimore Ravens here. Uh, I think that this one's pretty – I think we're pretty convinced that Baltimore's going to win this game. Does Indianapolis have a chance?
1: No. (laughs) No, Baltimore's winning this game. I mean, I don't – is Carson Wentz still playing quarterback? Does he have the two ankles or – I don't okay. know. I mean,
0: does it matter? Baltimore's
1: winning. Give me does the, give me the Ravens. Give me the yeah. Ravens.
0: I'm taking the Ravens as well. Uh, just to catch you up to speed on where we are at uh, now. Um, I'm leading with a 41 and 23 overall record drew at 36 and 28 last week, 11 and five for me, eight and eight for drew. Both of us lost out on the bonus and got a minus four score on our money line picks last week. They did not go too well. We were both very wrong. We were wrong, but it was fun exercise. Hopefully. Very wrong. Uh, so we will be back in October to do that once again. Um, is there any final thoughts here? Anything we missed um, anything you're excited about and want to share before we get out of here and head into the week.
1: Um No, other than shout out to uh, the Watertown Arrows, high school golf team got third at the state tournament in South Dakota. Jake Olson from Watertown won the individual title. Our brother was on the squad and got third. I uh, just want to give a shout out. I'm not sure. If any of the <laughs> members of the team, or the parents, or anybody in Wiretown is uh, listening to this, uh, but just want to make that shout out.
0: I like. I mean, we're number two hundred and twelve on the charts in Japan for sports. I just got an email about that. <laughs> Who would have thought that, right? I like
1: I, I had no idea. Yeah, uh. I mean,
0: it could have been, could be wrong, but I mean, the, I looked it up, it seemed right. So, I mean, I, you never know oh. who's listening, right? Weird. 112, right, right? okay. Um, <laughs> all right, I don't, <laughs> that's my fun fact for the week. I and it kind of just came out, I didn't, wasn't expecting to say that, but um, all right, so that is the show for the week here. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. If you prefer to watch this and watch my dog attack me throughout this YouTube video, you may go onto YouTube and uh, leave us a drop us a line or enjoy the comment the content in that fashion. Um, you can always find us at the Daily Norseman as well. Drop us a comment there. I like to read those comment sections and you know pull your ideas from there and maybe we talk about them on the show once in a while. Um, and then lastly, check out the rest of the Climbing the Pocket team. Like I said, every single episode this week. They're doing content every single day, Monday through Friday, live shows, podcasts as well. So make sure to check out what the rest of the team is doing. Um, But until then, uh, we'll see you guys next week here. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully uh, following a Minnesota Vikings victory. But I I do do want to note that if this thing goes up in flames and your Minnesota Vikings find a way to lose to Dan Campbell and the Lions, you want to be here for Tuesday's show because it's going to be electric. But hopefully it doesn't get that far. But until then, folks, um, enjoy the game and we'll catch you next to